Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello, 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 and good morning to you. <clears throat> November 19 is the date, and uh, it's a Tuesday. And every, every time I say it's a Tuesday, it means that uh, Susan's joining us, my kid sister. Hi, Suze. Good morning. Good morning. I have to tell you, I just, um, I, I, I was just listening to the um, opening statement by. Me too. Yeah. Uh, is he a lieutenant colonel? I don't know, Vindman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it made me almost weep. Um, and to think that he's about to be savaged by these Republicans um, on the committee. For those who didn't hear it, let me just say, I want to quote some of what he said. He said, next month will mark 40 years since my family arrived in the United States as refugees. Uh, When my father was 47, he left behind his entire life and the only home he had ever known to start over in the United States so that his three sons could have better, safer lives. His courageous decision inspired a deep sense of gratitude in my brothers and me and instilled in us a sense of duty and service. Um, And then I'm just going to skip and talks about how all of them have gone on to uh, military careers. Um, And he said, I am in Russia. he, He was aware that in Russia, my act of expressing my concerns to the chain of command in an official and private channel would have severe personal and professional repercussions, and offering public testimony involving the president would surely cost me my life. I am grateful for my father's brave act of hope 40 years ago and for the privilege of being an American citizen and public servant where I can live free of fear for mine and my family's safety. And I just want to insert here that one of the things I saw today is uh, from the Wall Street Journal that says this. The United States Army is monitoring Vindman's security and is prepared to move him and his family to a local military base, if necessary, following his impeachment testimony. Well, and he's he's being crystal clear and brutal. I mean, he characterized Trump's uh, conversation with uh, the Ukrainian president as a demand. Uh, he started with a different word, request, and he said, no, demand. Yeah, he he's come out swinging. But also yeah. the fact that here he is in his opening statement saying, Thank, thanks to my father, he, he got us to a place where I can do right. what I am doing today right. without and, fear and, for my life and my family's security. When, in fact, there is concern about his life and his family security by his right. own employer, the U.S. Army, who are thinking, uh, who have contingency plans to move him and his family to a military base for security. That's not coming from some hysterical left-wing rag. That's coming from the U.S. Army, as reported in the Wall Street Journal. That famous leftist rag. Right. right. And and then he ended, um, I'm assuming his father is maybe deceased. 
I don't know, because he ended his introductory remarks by saying, Dad, my sitting here today in the U.S. Capitol talking to our elected officials is proof that you made the right decision 40 years ago to leave the Soviet Union and to come to the United States in search of a better life for our family. Do not worry. I will be fine for telling the truth. Thank you again for your consideration. I mean... Yeah, no, his, his father's alive. He's just 87. Oh. And his dad is worried about him because he's already seen yeah. how the... the uh, the slander um, that is right. directed at him. Good Lord. Good. And even the slander of this woman who's see, seated next to him, who was appointed to the vice president's, uh, you know, national staff. Security. Staff. Yeah. She has served, uh, what would she say, th- uh, three Republican administrations, two Republican administrations, one de- She is not in any way. She said her hero was Condoleezza Rice. Right. And they're going to call her a never-Trumper. Right. Well, I have to say that, again, when I was listening to the opening statements, I was struck by how the Republicans have so much nothing that they use their time to testify as to their story because nobody else will. That's right. So they they put out their and what I found even more remarkable was that and I can't remember who it was the gentleman that was I don't want to use the word the man that was making those opening comments actually called his version a story. Nunez? And are, my, are you talking about Nunez? I don't I don't think it was Nunez. Was it Nunez? Yeah, because he's the I, ranking I, member. Okay. You after Schiff spoke then. Well, he called it he called it he called it a story himself. And I mean, he was left with like coming up with store headlines from stories. He, what he did was he trashed the media. Told every he said, "I want to address the American people who are watching this," and then he went on to say, "Do not trust anything you read in newspapers. Only trust right-wing journalism. Only listen to our story. He our it a story. story. Only listen to uh, yeah, our story, our narrative." But the fact of the matter is, is they can't get one of these witnesses to testify to their narrative. As a matter of fact, the only thing any of these witnesses are doing is saying, no, that's false. Right. That's been discredited. No, we, 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 didn't, we didn't know what you guys were talking about. That's all they say. So I don't, I don't know how much longer we could. I mean, I'm... Um, you know, you, you know, look how at can this. You look at these people and yeah. not believe them. Yeah, but also, how can you look at the Republicans here and feel that our country is safe? You can't. No. No. They don't give a damn. They're they're frightening. Um. They're frightening. And what they will do today. Their job today is to smear that son of refugees, that refugee who has shed blood for America, who has done nothing but serve America, and they are going to... Who is clearly well-respected and admired by his fellow soldiers. It's something. So anyway, I'm... uh, It's scary. 
I'm sorry. I've gotten scared. So, Susan, I'm I'm wearing a scarf today because um, I put on this, which I haven't worn since last winter, and there's a big moth hole right here. So I'm wearing a scarf. And Wait a minute. Do I have to do I have to tune in so I can look at you? <laughs> no, no, I'm not showing the I, the whole thing is I'm hiding that. And then I put these on and when I got when I got out in the light, I sort of dress in the dark, I think. And and the top doesn't match my pants and the shoes don't match. And what is with these I'm wearing Bombas socks? Yeah. So what is with and then I put on the wrong shoes. But what is with? Do you see these socks? They have a design. Yeah, around the around the feet. Well, mean? I don't want a design there. It's, it's poking out of my. What do I want that for? If I wear a regular shoe. Well, it's part of the Bombas thing. That, well, screw them. Um, I you, mean, it hugs your foot. That, oh, that design well, is. How about hugging it without making a big deal about it? You don't have to make it white, a different color with a design. I I feel that, yeah, it's tighter at the arch, which is nice, I guess. Anyway, I am dressed. I, I, I've got to go home and, and uh, try again. This whole thing is wrong. I'm embarrassed. I got holes, nothing matches, my socks are poking out looking silly. Yes, but overall, because I have tuned in to look at you, the effect is quite nice, so be quiet. Okay, you can't tell. I'm interested that you have my avatar up there. Um. Oh, we do? We have the avatar up? Uh Uh-huh. We, um, why, you want us to put the picture of, uh, from the weekend up? Yeah. Is there any way to share that during the show? It's on Facebook. Susan and me, her son took a picture of us at her daughter's wedding that that you know what I was looking at that picture and it's just we look happy. We look happy and um unstressed and uh and uh, relatively good. Yeah. So that was nice. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, so, um, all right. You see, I mean, yeah, yeah. we have a call. Let's see what happens. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hey, I wanted to ask you, is, uh, who do you think did worse? Now, I think both men should be impeached, but who do you think is worse, Bush or Trump? What Bush did lied about uh, the Iraq war, or do you think Trump's situation is worse? If, if if Bush didn't get impeached, then why would they impeach Trump? But for one thing, they don't have the votes. But don't you think – I think it gets worse as it goes along, but I think Bush should have been impeached. So it's kind of like uh, – you know what I'm saying? I, uh, you're saying that, well, yeah. But you couldn't you, – you can't – I mean, he didn't – he wasn't lying to us. He he listened to the wrong liar. I mean, the um, I, I Rumsfeld, don't know that you Cheney. Could, that, that he, yeah, he that had he committed an impeachable offense. Other than being well, uh, they didn't stupid and investigation, though. Well, you know, the fact is, is that what this our current president is doing is literally destroying, trashing our nation, trashing our nation. Seemingly doing the everything he does seems to benefit Russia and harm us. Um, 
he is a clear and present danger. Oh, I agree. Well, he's got to, I mean, I don't know. And what do you think the trip to the to uh, to the hospital was? I was just weekend? thinking that. How sick do we, how how anxious do you think that this is making That's him? what but I'm he thinking. Was he like maybe having chest pains? I think he's pains? suffering stress symptoms. Right, right. And I've 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 started to up my nightly prayers. Susan, that, uh, you know, Susan. that he should be stressed out by every law, every lie. Oh God, may you, you know, help him recognize that every lie he has told is eating away at his flesh, and may he somehow spontaneously combust tonight. <laughs> I leave it in your hands, dear oh, Lord. Ah. That's your prayer before you go to bed? I, okay. Yeah, I feel uh, so much better. Okay. Well, uh, so caller, yeah, listen, um, I don't know. I don't know what to say except he's destroying every institution. He's destroying everything. And if he gets four more years, there won't be a, a recognizable United States of America left. I agree. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, and heaven forbid, I, I, you know, Bush, Bush cost more Americans their lives, lives. that didn't need to die. Well, not just and Americans, Susan, the Iraqis, and 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 set off ISIS and 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 all of, I mean, the, everything we're dealing with today um, is a result of the absolute extraordinary stupidity. Of that war. Millions of lives. Lost yeah. or disrupted or forever harmed. Oh, God. Changed. I'll tell you. Yeah. Let's keep electing Republicans. They're really, yeah. they, they, they're they wonderful people. Real smart. Real smart. They tell you they're going to do one thing, then they do the opposite. They talk about they're all about national security, and all of a sudden you're less secure than ever. They talk about balanced budgets, and all of a sudden you're sitting on more debt, and the deficit is, uh, you know, trillions of dollars or something. I mean, these guys, they talk about family values, and then, you know, elect a guy who, who openly brags about, uh, you know, grabbing women's genitals. I mean, come on! How can anyone, anyone, identify with that party? And look themselves in the face. Oh, in a mirror. Because <laughs> it's hard to look yourself in the face. <laughs> <other way. laughs> All right. Um. <laughs> oh, God help us. And did you see, so Barack Obama is now in, lefties are all over him. Because he gave a speech, um, I guess this weekend, um, some speech, I don't know where he was, and he said this, this is, well, he says, I don't think we should be deluded into thinking that the resistance to certain approaches to things is simply because voters haven't heard a bold enough proposal and if they hear something as bold as possible, then immediately that's going to activate them. People are rightly are cautious because they don't have a lot of margin for error. And then he says, and this is what I, where I think he's absolutely right, although others will disagree, this is still a country that is less revolutionary 
than it is interested in improvement. Uh, Americans like seeing things improved, but the average American doesn't think we have to completely tear down the system and remake it. I think he's right about that. This is a relatively well, I cautious think, you know, population. It just, it, it just speaks to human nature, Lynn. You know, people are terrified by change and comforted by that which they know. So if you're threatening to take that which they know and are comfortable with, even if it's defective away from them, and replace it with something that they don't know how to work, um, there's going to be some natural, just human resistance to it. If you offer them a better, new, and improved, that feels far more comfortable. And I, I right. just think it's psychological. Well, but it's big. I mean, it's a, it, it, human nature is a big it's thing. Big. to take. Yeah, so and I, I think that's why Pete Buttigieg is, is going to the head of the poll. Right. Because he seems to be the most red measured and an incrementally changed kind of a guy. Well, I do think that um, here's where there's a real uh, divide in the Democratic Party between the the progressives who want just come on, let's this is our moment, let's take it, let's move things, let's change things, and people who are more cautious. And um, I don't know, I I, I I jump from side to side depending on my mood. Um, but I do think uh, Obama is right uh, in engaging the psychology of uh, the population. Um, and we always have to remember that the more activist uh, and more left uh, members of the party are not necessarily indicative of the voters who will vote in the general election and perhaps uh, will it, who are willing to vote for a Democrat when they might have voted for Trump. I don't know what to say. I, I know, I, I, I don't know. But so they're all over him. And someone, it says here, somebody said, uh, liberal activist um, jumped on Obama. He got a resounding chorus of, okay, boomer. Now, I got to tell you, first of all, He's not a boomer. Oh, and it's just such a... You can't say okay, I mean, whoever, boomer, to him. Yeah. You can say it to me. I think it's okay. I don't, I don't mind it. You, does it really offend you? I think it's sort of funny. No, I... Right. I mean, uh, you know, it's a way of just shutting up old people and saying, you know, like, thanks a lot. Okay, boomer. You know, it's like mansplaining. Right. It's like... It's mansplaining. Right. It's like, right. So right. I, don't, I don't have a problem uh, with it. I know I've been on the receiving end of it from my own son a few times. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, um, but here's the thing. Um, you know, boomers, too, uh, are and were at the um, forefront of most of the huge social progressive change in this country, I want to remind those who so dismiss the boomer generation. Um, it was the boomers who were out in the streets 
for civil rights. It was the boomers who were out there for uh, women's liberation. It was the boomers who put all that stuff out there and were against the war and blah, 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 civil rights, gay rights. So, you know, fine, have your fun, but... um, well, let's just point out that we might be boomers, but the um, all those generations below us have been voting for a very long time, or at least have the right to. So you can't blame this all on us. They've been, they've, most of these people have been on the scene with as much ability to change things as you or I. Who you mean the younger ones? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're. I mean, the younger my kids are in, you know, about to be forty. They've been voting for, you know, a while now. Decades. So it's not all our fault. Yeah! You know, it, 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 it's like these generations think they have no responsibility uh, for anything because there's a, there's a generation above them to blame. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Right. So there. You're young with energy. You know, we're exhausted. Get to it. I got, you know, it's Lynn and me that walked through these doors and suffered all of this crap. And what? We're right back there again. I, you, I'll talk to the younger women who call them, who say that they aren't feminists. Let's say, but don't blame that on me, young ladies. Go read your history. <laughs> uh, anyway. Now people are texting me about, I'm, I mean, emailing me about socks to buy. Um, <laughs> I, do, I do think that they have dress socks that don't have that. You have to actually oh. scroll through and look at the pictures. Uh-oh, I'm being told bombas are made in China. Fuck them. Well, they also give away a pair for every Oh, so they say. Do you believe it? Yeah, I do. You do? Uh-huh. Um, they can afford it. They make them in China. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, better you should make them here and uh, employ people, and then you won't need to give them socks. Yeah, there's an idea. God Almighty. Okay, what we got here? I have a. I have a. Um, I have a, uh, hey, by the way, if any of you are sort of like multitasking and watching uh, the testimony, if anything particularly egregious happens, you know, I got to tell you with, uh, what's his name, uh, Sondland, is that his name? Yeah. Testifying on, is it tomorrow? Mm -hmm. I think. Wednesday. I so want to hear that, that. I don't know. Maybe I'll do the show up until the time they start questioning him or something, and then I'm out. I don't know. I really need to hear it. Of course, I can hear it later. But I, I mean, come you on. You can hear it later. But I, I tell you about hearing. It I mean, I'm, I'm like being tortured watching it and um, you and know, not and being I able really to hear. <laughs> yeah. Well, put closed captioning on, and then you can. Oh no, they can't close. It's not going to close caption. Anyway. No, it is closed caption. But I'm. But you know, I'm old, and it's a little TV up here, and I and right, I don't okay. think I can read it that okay. far. Okay. Okay. Well, then let me tell you about the obituary for the day, just to, okay? Azealia White, who, of course, was black. Azealia or Azalea? It's A-Z-E, Azealia or Azalea. 
Azalea White, Azalea White, who, um, like so many people named White, is black. Right, and of course, that's what I was thinking. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's a, isn't there a funny uh, Larry David, um, oh, God, there is, about that. I, but I can't, for the life of me, of course, think of exactly what it is. Anyway, Azealia White has died, and I'm not going to do a, a lot on it, but she was um, one of the first African-American women to have a pilot's license uh, in the United States. And uh, she, uh, she died um, in a nursing home. She was 106. Wow. And here's the line that made me laugh out loud. A great niece, Ameldia Bailey, Ameldia Bailey confirmed her death and said she did not know the cause. And I... (laughs) (laughs) She was 106! (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) No, her... um... Well, it just proves that I guess flying is not uh, as dangerous as we think it is. Maybe it contributed to her long life, the sheer exhilaration of it. Yeah, well, she said she felt free. Um, and she, uh, her dad was a mechanic uh, for the Tuskegee Airmen, so she grew up around uh, these these planes. In fact, she grew up in Tuskegee. Um, and then her husband, or father, or husband was I don't know. I can't make a hundred and six. Probably her husband. Um, anyway, she she was just voted into the Texas uh, Aviation Hall of Fame along with. Uh, James Lovell, who uh, was commander of the Apollo 13, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so she said this during. Okay, her t- we just have to start rewriting our history now, so so kids learn that there were women. Yeah. Um, you know, populating all of these same theaters, all of these same operations, right. doing all of the same things. And doing it in spite of everybody around them telling them they couldn't. And, and then if you're a black woman to boot, for her to do it is just uh, mind-boggling. Just, I know. And, and, and should be a lesson to us all that if there's anything, I mean anything in the world that you think you would want to do, well, just get up off your ass and do it. If she could do that, you can do whatever you want. There aren't any reasons why you can't. There's only reasons why you can. Go do it. There you go. Nike is going to be contacting you for uh, using their... Well, you said... Did you say just do it? No, you didn't quite. Oh, I guess. Anyway... I don't know. I. It, they cannot uh, copyright the English language. Oh, yes, they can. There are people who now have copyrights on words. Did you know? They do. Or they try. I know, I know. Jesus. Anyway, it says here, she reflected that as an African-American in the Jim Crow South, she simply judged it safer to travel through the air than on unfamiliar roadways. I'm sure. Yeah. They couldn't get her up there. God almighty. So anyway... 
Um, there's that, which I thought was nice. No, uh, I like that one. I like your obituaries. I know. I haven't had any good ones for a long time, it seems. I don't know. Not enough great people are dying. Um, <laughs> Speaking of which, I had to take, I drove our mother back to Green Bay yesterday. Right. And I had to, uh, and I had to, um, uh, drive her immediately to urgent care because she she because she's so anxious about what it is that is going to take her out that anytime anything happens she decides that's it <laughs> what happened that you went to she what? she she thought she she thought she had a blood clot um in her wrist and it was hurting her and it was moving and I said, Mother, this has happened before, and that that can't kill you, I promise. And she said, no, it hasn't. And I said, okay, let's just go to the doctor so he can tell you it's nothing. So we went, and he told her exactly what I just told her well, and uh, had told her, and then she felt better. Well, you know, if you've lived 90-plus uh, years and have really essentially never been sick, I mean... right. Never had pain, never had any, you know, that I... I well, I, and you just figure, I think in her case, she just figures her time is, you know, like uh, uh, the odds are, her time <laughs> is running out. And at this point, yeah. she's just, um, she, she just wants to know what it is. She, you know, and, and so everything that happens, she thinks this could be, this could be the thing. And uh, I just decided to short circuit the anxiety. That was my treatment. Well, so you run over then to there and let them say, no, this is not what's going to kill you. It's fine. Right. Aw. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that you, aw, jeez. Yeah. Hey, uh, Barbara writes in, uh, Susan, tell Susan she is likely not old, but yold, Y-O-L-D. Um, she says, Zanny Minton Bados, I don't know who that is, was at Heinz Hall for a speaker series recently, and she said the new word is yold, Y-O-L-D, for those too young to be old, but too old to be young. Yeah, I am yold. You're yold. You should have seen me, you should have seen me dancing at my daughter's wedding. Yeah, but she said, the woman who said that said <laughs> she calls herself old, Oh, she is approaching old. She was born in 1967, so you're definitely old, and I'm I'm old. I mean, at what point did this? Wait a minute. Is, she was born in 1967, and she's calling herself old. No, she says she's approaching oldness. Okay, yeah, because I was born in '51, <laughs> <laughs> and I was born in the '40s. I have, as they say, arrived. Yeah. Yeah, you paid your dues. Anyway, oh, here's is her name is Susan Zanny Minton Bados, is a British journalist. She is the 17th and first female editor-in-chief of The Economist. Oh, oh, right. Oh. I remember she began working for the newspaper in 1994 as its emerging markets correspondent. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Well, good for you for going to lectures. I was thinking, I got to start doing more stuff, like Forcing myself out. I know. Me too. Why don't we do that? But I, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm trying to take a page out of Mother's book. Um, and never just, say no. Um, 
make friends with young, younger people right. and then, you know, and, and, and I'm, you know, and offer to take them places and then you have company, like to the ballet or to the opera or, right. you know. Right. I was once a younger person. Even actually, I mean, I had, a, she's now deceased, but a wonderful older woman that I met on the board of the ACLU who, uh, who would take me to uh, the symphony because <laughs> I was young to her. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So. And it was fun. Yeah. But I do to. think that that's part of mother's success that she continually makes new, younger young friends, friends uh, who are truly her friends. But they're they're calling her all the time. Let's go out to dinner. Let's go. And that's and she has a life. So there it is, and that brings me to a piece that I have been. Um, avoiding, but I'm I'm going to it now because this fits right into it. And this was in the Washington Post a few weeks ago. Making here's the headline: Making friends as an adult is hard. Would you pay seven hundred twenty dollars to someone to help you? Oh right, I saw that. I didn't read it. it it's it's like a dating service for friends. Um, I know they have that in Chicago, and I happen to know that two or three of my daughter's friends have used that when they moved in just to meet people that they would find interesting and have people to do things with and have made very good friendships out of people seeking friendships. Well, so that's it's sort of like a dating service, but not. Not. Um but it gives you people to go to the theater with, you know, like-minded people that enjoy the same sorts of things and a way to meet them. Uh, 58% of Americans now say that technology has isolated them. Isn't that interesting? Because the whole sense of it was it was going to connect us. But people now work at home. They don't go in and you know, think of it. The ways we used to connect with people is you were forced together at work. An incredible number of people work from home now. Uh, 43% of American employees worked in a different location from their coworkers at least some of the time, and that was two years ago. Um Americans are marrying much later. They are staying single or not marrying at all. Loneliness is way up. Um, and so there's this thing where you can pay someone to... The friend you basically app... basically get a group of people together and, you know... And well, there's you, a number of them. Um, you meet people. There's, there's a friend app called Meet My Dog which is which is for people who own dogs. Right. That might be that's well, a, that's I mean a, that's how that's how I met my my your friend my at the dog friend park. in Chicago cuz that's about all I have time for but I met I met this wonderful woman. Yeah. Me, bright uh, also a widow. I mean we had a lot in common but we met at the dog park. Tourlina is a site that matches female travelers. When you want to go somewhere, but you you know sort of uptight about going by yourself, they'll find you another uh, woman to travel with. Um, so yeah, I think that's a little risky. 
I don't know if I'd like to do that. I mean, that's like going on a date with another person for two weeks. Yeah, it'd be too much. So, but here's one. Uh, there is one called this. I don't like the name. Rent a friend really sounds pathetic. Well, it sounds like you're. It sounds like a you know a paid companion, um, like as in escort. Yeah, and then there's another one called People Walker, where uh, this one guy will come and uh, walk with you all around. This is just in L.A., and he has other walkers who will walk with you. Twenty one dollars for a half hour walk. I don't know. That's not. But that's not the same thing. No. What I'm talking about is really a, it was, um, it, 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 you know, it's just sort of like a find a friend. And uh, and they would have, um, you know, they, they'd have events, people interested in these sorts of things and that sort of thing. And you'd go and you'd meet people. You know, the object is just to connect with people in a city. It's very difficult. Um, here's a woman who charges $720 and up, uh, to match you with three people she thinks would be your friend. I, I don't know. It is, I don't know. Whatever. Well, the fact of the matter is, is I don't think, uh, um, for at least people our age, um, the, uh, computers and social media and all that stuff are in our way. We still would meet people the same way by, um, you know, you do board work. You know, you you put yourself out and you meet people. And right. uh, I, I've always been amazed that you did that so well. Well, I don't think I do board work well, but I have met some wonderful people. But it's one thing to meet people in that capacity, and, and but then to take the and next step and them. make yeah. them friends. I don't know that I necessarily take that step. Um, but yes, you end up with a lot more acquaintances, people you know. Uh, I don't know, but it is true that uh, reaching out to others, if you're by nature, and you by nature are more sociable, um, that's important. Yes, but I find myself totally satisfied by a good, fun conversation with the cashier at Whole Foods, and yeah. I'm done. <laughs> then you're done. Well, that was good. That was my social interaction for the day. Goodbye. Um, yeah, usually, you know, it can last up to five minutes. I get a few, I get a few laughs, and then I feel good, and I go home. So um, I read – now, th this is an, another interesting thing that I read today, and this also was from the Washington Post, which, by the way, is so much better than the New York Times. It is a joke. It is a joke. Better writing, better sense of what the stories are, more interesting stories that are not uh, you know, politically related. There's always something to read in the Washington Post. And, I love uh, it. It's where I go the – Yep, the first. that's and, the one. Yeah. Anyway, they had a piece today about how women, um, this is from an orthopedic surgeon, and I think they're, I know they're right. Women, we've been socialized to sit in a certain way, right? What way is that, ladies? With your, with your legs crossed at the ankles and uh, uh, upright and uh, what? Yes, your prim. Yes. Knees together, 
knees together, which actually is a way of showing your virginal status. If your knees are apart, you're a, you know, considered, uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. That is why women are told to sit that way. While like men, their genitals. Yes. yes, while men, of course, and men sit, most men will sit with both feet on the ground and their legs um not not spread uh, not totally spread but uh, but even at like 1 and 11 o'clock right well e- let's just go hips width and that's not so far apart but that's why it, it, women have more hip issues than and men and back problems and yeah. back problems because of the way we have been socialized to sit and it's the orthopedic surgeon who said ladies hip wide get both feet on the ground stop crossing your legs you're pulling one hip and they describe what physically you're doing and you know i have constant pain in one you're hip. stretching one side and shortening the other also and if you right and, and if you do it long enough you are constricting the bones in your vertebrae i that's mean, right you know they're you're you're and I know this because I suffered from, from pain for yeah. years because of this. So sit like a man, I am telling you now. And actually, I read the article, and then I, I was, I, I, my, my hip was killing me, as usual. And I thought, oh, well, you're sitting here with your legs crossed. And I uncrossed my legs, put both feet on the ground, widened my legs, and you know the pain went away. Of course. Well, okay, ladies, spread up. I mean, I'm telling you, honest, honest engine. I walked around for uh, three quarters of my life thinking that my left hip was um, an inch higher. No, I, that my right hip was an inch. inch higher than my left hip. And it wasn't until I moved to Chicago and went to one particular Pilates person, who I will be for eternally grateful to, that she said, "Now." You're just all crunched in on this side, and we just need to stretch that out. Well, you know, I went from taking anti-inflammatories daily to the point that I had a bleeding ulcer to I haven't taken anything in five years. Yeah. And I'm a quarter inch taller. Yeah. So I'm telling you. And and both hips are even. Hey, hey. (laughs) So I'm just telling you, don't just sit like a guy, okay? Not a jerk who's spread. But a guy, feet on the ground, and, yeah, hip width. And also, lose the heels. Jeez. So anyway, that's, that, that, that's really a good thing to know. Yes. We are. It is. It is. I mean, I, and, and you know, I, I am like a, uh, I proselytize about this. Yeah. Stuff. No. Oh, yeah. People. Yeah. Really, really, really. Because, oh. because it's life changing. And instead of taking pills to control pain, you can actually alter what my doctors called my congenital narrowing of my vertebrae as if I was born that way and there was nothing I could do. Oh. All right. <laughs> So, Susan, um, uh, I have a guy who writes me on occasion. I normally don't, I never share his stuff, but I am, just so you guys know. Okay? I don't okay. want to give him a thrill, but here he is. Mark has written, and this is what he calls us. 
Leningrad Lynn and Stalingrad Sue. Yeah. You know what? Susan is more offended by your calling her Sue than the Stalingrad. Yeah, yeah. Adjective. Don't you ever. You call you, she, the, the first part does, who gives a shit. Yeah, but my right. name yeah. is not Sue. So I don't know who you're talking about. But uh, what's right. his name? Ma. Yeah, I'll just call you Ma. Ma. Right. Okay. He says, why are you so worried about the safety of your little precious Vindman? Because uh, of assholes like you, apparently. He goes on. Nobody's watching this Adam shit show anyway. Have you seen the ratings? As if that's what... This is why our country's doomed. This is serious business. Have you seen the ratings? Like it's an entertain... It's... I. People just want to be entertain me, entertain you. You can't sit and take in information. Well, I'll tell you, the only people aren't list that aren't listening are the people that are afraid to hear what these honorable people have to say. I mean, I don't know who it was that said it, but it's very true. Who are you going to believe? The people that are willing to take an oath and to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth and to testify, or the people that refuse to show up and are hiding behind, some, you know, <laughs> you know, refusing to talk. You, 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 ref, you prefer to believe the people that, re, that won't tell you that they're going to tell you the truth. Um, here's more from the Army about Vindman uh, and his safety. Um, the Army will make sure he is safe, and the Army is actively supporting any safety needs as deemed necessary, according to an Army official. It is hard that he has been catapulted into the public eye. He served his country honorably for 20 years, and you can imagine this is a tough situation for him and his family. But he's a patriot. Yeah, well, and these guys wouldn't know. He's called to tell the truth and tell what he knows, yeah. and that's what he's going to do. And they have a problem because they can't sully that. These are Republicans. If Remember they do, when, it's if you were blow up in their face, yeah, you going to thank him for his service, like you reflexively thank every uh, everybody in uniform, except uh, you know, I just. Oh, yeah, God. right, right. Thank you for your service. Well, no, this is thank you for your service. Yeah. You know. Um, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. So, you know, uh, our local paper here, Susan, one of them, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which now publishes a print edition just three days a week and is bleeding uh, great journalists left, right, and center and will not uh, bargain with its uh, union reporters. They haven't had a new contract and, in three and years. And has fired uh, fired Rob Rogers and is right, now just instituted. Right. So what's happened is um, they won that paper won the Pulitzer Prize uh, this year for its reporting <laughs> um, as a result of the Tree of Life massacre. But yeah. but. Since they won the Pulitzer Prize this year, 16 seasoned journalists and editors at that paper have 
left. You can argue that they're forced out, they're bought out. They are gutting that place to the point where I can't even... The, the reporters are on a byline strike. They won't even put their names on their own work anymore. Um, I, it, it is just, it's criminal. There's like nobody there. It's over. And you know what? You can't have, that means all the reporting that used to be done on what's happening in our city council, on the authorities, the water authority, the sewer authority, the convention center, blah, 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 all that stuff that we as citizens need to know. What's happening in the district attorney's office? Who's doing it? None of that, or very little of it now, is getting covered. It's just, uh, there are so many red flags that are up now uh, that, uh, that exhibit a true danger to a functioning democracy. And right. when, when, the, when the 4th Estate, when the, uh, when the journalists are targeted, as, this, as the Republicans do target them now, as Devin Nunez did in his opening statement in the inquiry today, and as the president constantly does, uh, using a Nazi, uh, Nazi phraseology, enemy of the people, referring to... I mean, Thomas Jefferson, for God's sake, said that, I mean, if he had one or the other, give, give, you know, you can have a, what? What did he say? You can have a, a government or a free press? He said, give me the free press. I mean, I, that, that is indispensable. Like that. Right, right. That, or maybe it was Madison. I don't know. That is indispensable. So to the uh, gentleman who asked the question earlier about why, uh, why is Trump being impeached as opposed to uh, George W., because he's literally destroying every institution that holds this nation together. Even, I mean, none are, are, are avoided. Uh, even the NFL, he's gone after football, right? Uh, you know, politicized football, right? Everything. Right, everything. God almighty. So anyway. So Susan. Um, well, and so you question why I pray? <laughs> I'll leave you to pray. Hey, you know what? So I heard them swearing right. in Vinman and what's her name today, Jennifer something. Yeah. And they say, "Do you solemnly swear or what was affirm th- affirm that you will tell the a whole truth or something?" But it still ends right. with "So help you God." Now I thought the affirm was there for people who don't want to swear on a Bible or a this or a that and. So why do they still have so help you God at the end of a of a? Don't ask me because okay. the Republicans make you say it. <laughs> uh, it just don't make no sense. So yesterday, just want to point this out: a coalition of civil rights organizations, including the Anti Defamation League, uh, the NAACP. Uh, sent a letter to the White House uh, demanding that Stephen Miller be fired yay 
Uh, Jonathan Greenblatt, head of the Anti-Defamation League, said it is clear now with this uh, trove of emails that have been uncovered that he sent to Breitbart that it is now substantiated that he is a white nationalist and he must resign. Um, What's interesting, and this is how, you know, the continuing degradation of the standards that uh, of who should be serving in positions like this. Do you know last year a guy named Darren Beatty, no reason you should remember him, but he was a White House speechwriter. And he was kicked out after CNN did a report that he had actually spoken at a conference alongside several white nationalists. That was enough two years ago. A presidential speechwriter showed up and stood on a stage with some white nationalists, and the White House said, you got to go. And now, with Stephen Miller, uh-uh, who's right next to the president, one of his chief aides, he doesn't have to go. And he did more than stand on a stage next to white nationalists. There's no, more. he devised white nationalist policies, which are currently in effect. There are 900 emails that he wrote uh, that just show that he's totally, totally into the white nationalist uh, view of the world and playbook. And he wrote these emails not when he was in the White House. He wrote them when... He was an aide to then-Senator Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. That's where Stephen Miller comes from. Why wouldn't he? Jeff Sessions is probably one step away from being yeah, a white nationalist yeah, yeah, himself. Right, right. Uh, so... Um, We're in trouble. I, I, I just don't know what else to say. We're just in big trouble. I don't think I have anything else here. I peaked too soon. Yeah, I, and I'm done. Huh? You don't know. I know. We got five minutes. And I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm so exhausted. I'm, I'm absolutely no use today. I apologize. No, you don't have to. Susan, can you imagine? Susan has just, uh, you know, uh, gone through the the marriage of uh, of her daughter this weekend, and that is such an exhausting... I, I think everyone should elope. I am going to start a movement. Everybody elope. It's exhausting. It was, yes, but it was lovely. It was, For me, it was principally exhausting just because I had so many people from from both sides of my family in one place, plus my friends flying in. Yeah, but you can't. Plus, there's you no know, way you new ever people. You and you know, and and it was just that was hard work. I mean, it was wonderful, but it was very hard work, and just left me feeling like oh, I didn't get to see anybody. No, that's right. It's like when you <laughs> give a big party. The few times like I've thrown a big party for myself for like a big birthday or something, I'm the only one who never has a good time because you end up having to make sure you've 
greeted and talked with and spent some time with absolutely everybody there, but not a lot because you have to move on and get somebody else and you're also sort of in charge. And you end up thinking afterwards, I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't have, you know well, what I mean? Right. At least I can say, and I'm very grateful to the people who did not do this and therefore I have some pictures, but I left my phone you know, back in the in the bride's room, and um, I was I tried so hard to be in the moment and remember what was happening. Right. And I just want you to know that I don't. <laughs> that you don't what? What? I didn't follow that. Remember what it happened. Oh. <laughs> well, I think you had a good time. Uh, you know, we had. I think it was a very good wedding, and I say that because of. How many people were still in that room when the uh, when, when the um, the lights went out? When uh, they started uh, breaking the they they yeah. started breaking up the event, right? Right, so. right. When you had to be shooed out of the uh, out of the venue. Well, right, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm ending because I'm done. I can't I can't think of anything yeah. else. We've talked about my. Okay. Goodbye. Okay. Uh, all right, Suze. Bye. Okay, put up that pretty picture of us. We deserve it. Okay, thank you. Okay, okay, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Thank you. Um, yeah, guys, I'm uh, I'm done. So I don't know what to do tomorrow with uh, Sondland testifying. I just feel like I want to hear it. Let me know what you think. I, mean, I should do the show. As I'm running right now and going to tune in, although it is so hard to listen to these Republicans, these traitorous S-O-Bs trashing these great patriotic Americans. Just beyond belief what we've come to. Okay, I'm done. I'm out. If you got a stopwatch on me, um, I'm quitting two minutes early. So sue me, okay? Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoint of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.